it's kind of remarkable. We can screw up our bodies and it can take decades to screw them up, but literally in days or weeks, people can snap right out of it. I mean, I'm sure you noticed maybe after the first cycle or so, you were good. It doesn't take that long. So, so it's not like I'm saying, do this for five years and your periods might get better. I'm like, do it for five days and you'll see how you feel. This is Awakened Love, the podcast, and I'm your host, Angel. This is a space where we get real, real about sex, love, and awakening. So strap in, let's go deep. What's up, beautiful awakened humans? Welcome to another episode of Awakened Love. Today we have Dr. Mark Hyman. Dr. Hyman is a physician who now is the founder and head medical director of the Ultra Wellness Center, which specializes in functional medicine. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He has 18. I believe he's working on his 19th book. He's a real rock star of the medicine world. He's a dear friend and my doctor, and I'm so elated to have him here today. Welcome to the show, beautiful human being. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Well, I've been very so good to see you. Yeah, I've been really excited to have you on because when I shared just a little bit on my socials about the transformation that I'd experienced through your work, uh, healing my pretty much lifelong um, since I've been menstruating painful periods and you helped me heal that to such a great extent and I had so many responses asking how did you do it what what happened tell me the process and so I've been really excited to get you on here and kind of dive into a little bit about hormones fertility maybe even libido all of these like women's health topics as they relate to functional medicine so could you kick us off a little bit and just speak to the current state of hormones on this planet today, what's it like? How do you think we got here with so much infertility, PCOS, painful periods? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. And I, I thought a lot about this. And, you know, I, I think I believe that, you know, whether you believe in God or nature or creation, whatever, you know, we weren't designed to be flawed. We were designed to run well. And so why all of a sudden do 75% of women suffer from premenstrual syndrome? Just to mention that. Why are one in seven couples infertile? Why are women suffering from so many hormonal dysregulatory symptoms like fibroids and PCOS and bad menopausal symptoms and breast cancer and cervical problem i mean it's just it's a it's an epidemic of hormonal chaos that results from not some random design flaw mm -hmm. in humanity or in women it results from a cascade of events that have accumulated over the last 150 years that have driven us into this hormonal dysregulation at high level our food is the number one thing our food has been so manipulated and changed so we're not eating nutrient-dense food anymore we're eating ultra processed food and 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 most people don't understand this but food is not just calories mm. yes if you eat too many calories and you don't exercise you'll gain weight but food is information it's instructions it's code and it can upgrade or downgrade your biological software with every bite and it directly regulates your hormones like directly like minute to minute second to second every bite you are changing your hormones. Just like, for example, insulin is a hormone that changes. Estrogen changes when you eat certain foods. If you're eating a lot of carbohydrates and sugar, 
you actually produce way more estrogen and you become estrogen toxic. So you ever see, you ever see guys who like are overweight and they have these man boobs and these big bellies, they get really soft skin, they lose the hair on their bodies. Yes. They become more like women. Yes. Why is that? Because the fat tissue that they are, are accumulating because of all the sugar and starch and the beer bellies leads to increased aromatization of, of testosterone into estrogen. So if you, you actually get high levels of estrogen and these men become highly estrogenic and they can often have as high levels of estrogen as women. Are there things so, that you can eat women, that make you, your testosterone do that? Uh, well, yes, it's the opposite is true. When you eat too much sugar, your testosterone goes down. Right. So it's sort of like it's not quite the same in men and women. And then, and then we're, we're lacking fiber, mm-hmm. uh, which is really important. For example, estrogen metabolism and hormone metabolism is regulated through the gut. And so our gut microbiome is a mess because of processed food, lack of fiber and antibiotics, toxins and so forth. I mean, women who take antibiotics get more breast cancer. Why? Because they destroy their microbiome. So when you, when you look at the, the, for example, we call it the enterohepatic circulation of estrogen, basically estrogen is packaged up in a little like package to get excreted and then shuttled out of your body when you, you know, need to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And that causes all kinds of good things. So you don't build up too much estrogen. But if you have certain bad bugs in your gut, it literally will, through an enzymatic reaction, uncouple the estrogen from its package or unwrap the estrogen and it gets reabsorbed. So you get high levels of estrogen, which is why we get fibroids. So flax seeds, for example, are great in helping to balance estrogen. Soy foods are helpful. Cruciferous vegetables, the broccoli family, all improve pathways. And then we have so many things like toxins Mm -hmm. that are, are rampant that we never were exposed to. So there's a whole science of what we call xenotoxins or xenoestrogens or xenohormones. Xeno just means foreign. Mm -hmm. And so we see these disrupting fertility. We see them causing cancer. We see them causing hormonal dysregulation. What are they in? And so you've got these toxins. They're in everything. Angel, they're in everything. They're in our water, their air, and our food, pesticides, plastics. Just drink plastic bottled water. We put them there. Oh my lord! <laughs> I mean, I mean, we pollute. We polluted the planet. We use pesticides. We use herbicides. We we uh, use plastics, which are all all anything that's a petrochemical derived product, which is ubiquitous in our society. Whether it's a plastic bottle or anything you're doing, these these get uh, these are these are estrogen mimics, and so they'll bind to the estrogen receptor. But they're so much more powerful than estrogen itself. And not only are they additive, but they're synergistic. So one plus one doesn't equal two; it might equal a hundred. And so you're getting exposed to all these different things, dioxins, PCBs, phthalates, parabens, uh, plastic derivatives. Is that why that they do BPA-free? Is that like the alternative? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so that's yes. important. So there's BPA-free bottles, but better not plastic. Yeah, just <laughs> no plastic. eating or drinking out of – like people microwave in plastic. People are exposed to it. And so you really want to be careful uh, of your body care products, your skin care products, your household products, your mm. food that you're eating. You want to reduce your – eliminate pesticides. So you've got – the food, you've got toxins, you've got all these things to disrupt our microbiome, then you've got all this chronic stress that people are under, mm-hmm. and then nutrient depletions and lack of supportive foods and protective foods that people need for hormone regulation. And so we're in this sort of soup of hormonal chaos that mm. explains so much of what's happening. Mm. And once you understand it, you can start to change people's systems so you can actually 
uh, actually help to regulate these pathways better. Yes. So one of the things that came up in my results, and I imagine it's common, but I'll ask you if that's true, is like high level of yeast candida in my gut. And you made the connection mm. just then. You said if you eat a lot of carbohydrates and sugar, that disrupts your estrogen yeah. and it also disrupts your gut. But if you eat a lot of carbohydrates and sugar that and take antibiotics, which you also mentioned, that can also create the candida overgrowth, right? Is that is there a connection yeah. there? Absolutely. I mean, basically, uh, yeast loves sugar. <laughs> so, I mean, think about think about you know wine, or think about uh, maybe maybe one day you bought a jug of apple cider and you put it in your fridge and you forgot about it, and then it just kind of blows up. Mm. Why? Because the yeast in there is fermenting the sugar and causing, and and so your stomach, if you do that, you'll blow, you'll get distended, and the yeast will overgrow, and you're feeding the wrong things, and then the yeast produces all these metabolites and byproducts that cause inflammation. And that disrupts hormones as well. Mm. Yeast can be tricky to get rid of, right? Like I've spoken to a few girlfriends about mm -hmm. it as well. It's like there's the school of thought of, um, you know, doing the candida cleanse and just not eating any sugar for a really long time. Um, there's yeah. also, you know, like what, what's your school of thought on healing that? I mean, I, I think, you know, there, there's, this, there's this whole sort of cultural um, kind of belief that everybody's got candida mm -hmm. and, or, you know, get and and it's not true. I mean, <laughs> we all have yeast in our gut and, and sometimes it can get out of balance and grow. And some people are really, really affected. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've had patients who are really, really affected. Uh, for example, one comes to mind, I call her walking mushroom because she basically had, she had vaginal yeast infections. She had, you know, fungal yeast over her skin under her breast. She had a, like patchy white flaky thing she had dandruff she had a blepharitis which is eyes with yeast on it mm -hmm. so she was like a walking mushroom mm -hmm. and it wasn't hard to diagnose yeah. um but but my, my, many more people is much more subtle so there are varying degrees i think people go on extreme diets you know that doesn't really make sense yes nobody should be eating a ton of sugar nobody should be eating a ton of flour and processed food that's really for everybody mm -hmm. and, and and if you really are struggling with a lot of yeast overgrowth yeah, you want to cut down on fruit, cut down on sugar, cut down on greens and beans, you know, eat more kind of a paleo style, mm -hmm. which can really help. And then you want to build up the good bugs by eating prebiotics, probiotics, polyphenols, all of which help grow healthy bugs mm -hmm. in the gut. Take, take, and also you can take an anti, anti, anti fungal probiotics. My, one of my favorite is called Saccharomyces boulardii, mm. which is uh, a yeast actually itself but it's we call it yeast against yeast so it outcompetes the yeast it helps keep mm. your flora healthy and helps your microbiome and helps the the uh, the biofilm layer uh and helps get rid of that and there's a particular product i use called biome b-i-o-h-m take it every day uh, which i don't <laughs> i don't have any affiliation with them or anything it's just a very well well-designed product with the saccharomyces that mm. also has proteolytic enzymes that disrupt the biofilm because the yeast can get in there mm. and then and then other probiotics are great and then sometimes you use antifungals and there's antifungal herbs mm -hmm. uh, that we can use oregano is great mm -hmm. uh, and there's there's many many herbs we use as well as sometimes i use medication like yep. an antifungal medication like nystatin or diflucan depending on how how bad it is you know sometimes it's i don't know if you ever saw that indiana jones movie where he's uh He's battling all these people and somewhere in the Middle East and he's sword fighting everybody and he's like just, you know, <laughs> kind of knocking everybody down. And this one giant guy comes and he's got this big sword and he like looks at him, he just pulls out his gun and he shoots him. <laughs> you know? So it's like sometimes you just need to use a big gun. Yes. But most of us, you know, through modifying our diet, through taking pre and probiotics, through actually taking some natural antifungals, often we can get it under control. So 
You mentioned some of the symptoms there. Let's let's move into the PMS stuff around food as well. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about like how to control these mm-hmm. types of things or, you know, improve mm-hmm. through food. A few of the things that you had me try for my um, period pains, which I've had since since I got periods, they've been excruciating. So it was pretty like it was like a magic trick to me because I was just thinking there's no way that we're going to actually be able to impact this so greatly. And so there was two things that you had me try immediately when I told you that I experienced really bad period pains every month since I've been menstruating. You said try cutting out gluten, try cutting out dairy. And that seemed to help me pretty dramatically why is that yeah. and why isn't that talked about more? Yeah. So so not everybody's sensitive to gluten and dairy. Gluten can create inflammation. Inflammation creates all the havoc that can cause disruption of hormones. Dairy is kind of unique in that it, it, it's an incredibly hormonally rich substance. There's 60 different hormones in there. Wow. And that's naturally occurring hormones. Uh, and if you're taking, you know, BCG milk, which is bovine growth hormone you're getting more if you're if you're you know milking pregnant cows which is often what they're doing you're getting even more hormones even organic milk can be milk from pregnant cows and also they 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 actually insert des which is an estrogen diethylstilbestrol it's an estrogen pellet into these cows to make them more estrogenic if you're you know so so you're you're getting a lot of hormonal inflammatory compounds that can be in dairy so dairy is one of the big ones for women for pms for menstrual cramps for fibroids it's it's the first thing to go that and alcohol Mm. (laughs) that is alcohol alcohol drives up estrogen so it poisons your liver i mean listen let's face it alcohol is a poison (laughs) it's a liver poison right and 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 any amount of it will will have some impact now Mm. most of us can handle it and process it but it, it we know for example if you're taking hormone replacement therapy like premarin and you drink, the hormones just go through the roof because your body can't excrete it. Mm. So what's happening is this, is this great imbalance in estrogen and progesterone in the body in women. And so at different times of their life and different times of their life cycle, they'll end up with different issues, right? So you can get irregular periods when you're younger. You can get PMS. Then you start to you know, maybe get more breast tenderness, fluid retention, estrogenic symptoms. Maybe you skip periods or have longer cycles. You get heavy bleeding, clotting as you get older. Then you get into perimenopause. So it, it, there's no, like when you look at a woman's cycle, it's constantly changing over their lifetime. And it's really because of this, this sort of over the time imbalance in this estrogen progesterone. And and so especially as women get older, they tend to not ovulate as much, they get lower progesterone, then estrogen keeps getting pumped up. So really you want to minimize the toxins. You want to minimize sugar and starch. You want to minimize alcohol. You want to get rid of dairy. You want to get rid of inflammatory foods and gluten, refined oils. And you want to increase all the estrogen benefiting foods. Like you should eat brassica family every day, two mm. to three cups of like broccoli, collards, kale, flax seeds, soybean. People say, oh, soy, that's an estrogen. No, it's not. It's an estrogen modulator. It binds to the estrogen receptor, but it not, doesn't necessarily cause negative expression of estrogen and cancer. It's the opposite. It actually is, acts like a buffer. Mm. So it can protect you, but not GMO soy and not 
you know, soy that's sprayed with glyphosate and pesticides and all that stuff. Yeah, so, it's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to yeah. get more vegetables in, but then also not the vegetables covered in glyphosate and all that stuff. So I guess what are we doing looking for organic? Although I have heard, and is this true, that mm. organic is actually getting closer and closer to just regular food now because of all the lobbying and stuff. So it used to be quite a high bar and it's it, that bar is progressively dropping. Is that what in alignment with what you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, all the all the prices are coming down. All the all the um, you know uh, scale is going up. I mean, I I just heard that Nestle, for example, is going to turn eighty percent of their uh, product line into regenerative foods by twenty thirty. Who knows if that's going to happen? But it's pretty. But is amazing. it like actually regenerative? Uh, that's the thing I'm saying. Like what we know is organic now is not the same quality as what organic first was. Like there's less hoops to jump through to actually get the organic certification. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, what's what's a gal to do? Do we is it like farmers markets the best? What would your when you yeah? I mean, I mean, I mean, look, uh, there, there's an environmental working group which I'm on the board of, and and it's a nonprofit that determines you know the quality of the toxins in your different things. So you can look at household products, skincare products, and I encourage you women to look at their skincare products. And that's another source of toxins and and estrogenic compounds. Mm-hmm. Um, sunblock we think oh sunblock i'm doing it for my beauty but then on the other hand you might be poisoning yourself with parabens yes. uh, so they have a wonderful list called the dirty dozen and the clean 15 so mm-hmm. the dirty dozen is these these dozen foods you should never eat if they're not organic like mm-hmm. strawberries for example uh whereas certain foods like bananas and avocados if they're not organic eh, who cares mm-hmm. like you're, you're gonna peel them and it doesn't really have that much uh, in the inside mm-hmm. so it's really important to sort of look and see where can you handle with your budget what can you get but you really want to minimize it. You can also, you know, the wash them. There's there's vegetable washes with hydrogen peroxide and various things. Soaps you can get the get the pesticides off because they're fat soluble. So so there there are ways to clean your vegetables too to reduce the exposure. So there's a lot of hacks you can use. And I write about them in my books a lot. But it's really important to to just try to minimize your exposures. I'd love to shift gears a little bit and ask now about fertility because I know this can be a really painful and difficult problem to have. And I know that there are a lot of really kind of expensive interventions that are available. Uh, is there any natural things that women could do just, or, or tips, even if it's not natural medication, like what would you suggest, obviously short of having a proper blood panel with a functional medicine doctor, that's always the ideal. I yeah. So for infertility, so infertility is, is just rampant, right? And it's both men and women, uh, you know, sperm counts are going down and there are, there are real problems with men's fertility as well, which is often overlooked yeah. um, because of the same reasons, environmental toxins. And what's even, even stunning, Angel, is the ratio of men to women births are changing because of these environmental toxins that are affecting uh, fertility and reproduction. It's, it's kind of scary, actually. There's a, there's a really profound book that was written many years ago called Our Stolen Future by Theo Colburn, which talks about the role of various environmental toxins in affecting fertility. So that's that's really a, a big area. Are we having more um, boys or more girls now? What's mm, the trend based more, on hormones? More, I think more girls. That's what I thought. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, the the, the things that the people can do. The, the first thing is is really to sort of clean up their whole life. And in diagnostically, the things that I really look at, and the, one of the biggest causes of fertility is is insulin resistance, which is related to carb, carbohydrates and sugar, huh. and that causes PCOS. Pre, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is not an ovarian problem. It's a, it's a food problem. Mm-hmm. And so essentially they get really disrupted hormones. They get really dysregulated insulin pathways. And that leads them to have high testosterone, 
and infertility, what we call anovulatory cycles. They don't ovulate. Um, and that's a problem. Uh, and so I think you really cleaning up your diet. There's a book written by a Harvard researcher called the fertility diet, which is essentially about eating a very low starch sugar, basically what I call the pegan diet, which is whole foods, unprocessed, lots of veggies, good fats. And by the way, your hormones are made from fat. So if you're I'm eating low fat, fat, women are, yes. Okay. So cholesterol is the building block of hormones. So oh. a lot of women who are vegan or who are actually eating very low fat diets, they'll become infertile. They'll wow. stop ovulating. They'll get amenorrhea because they're, they're, you know, when the body is starving, when it doesn't think it's getting enough food because you're a vegan or because you're not eating enough fat, it's like, well, it's not a good time to reproduce because there's not enough food in the environment. So I'm just going to hold off for now. So your body kind of naturally shuts down infertility. fertility. Um, it's important also to look at at the gut and gut health and gut flora to look at environmental toxins. I use stool testing. I use heavy metal challenge testing with the heavy metals, which can interfere with fertility. I, I'll, I'll put women in detoxification protocols to help them generally detox which to saunas I'm on and right cold plunges. Because I had high yes, metals yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, you know, we just got to hand, we just got to handle all the pieces. We look at um, also uh, often one one reason for miscarriages is a common problem with methylation or B vitamins. Oh. So women will often have this gene, which affects about thirty five percent of the population, called MHFR. And just a quick story: I had a uh, a woman that I knew who was a, a, a director. Uh, who did the movie Fed Up, uh, which I was part of that helped to explain the role of food and obesity in children. And she had had miscarriage after miscarriage. She'd had an anencephalic baby, which means a baby with no brain. It was, it was just a horrible tragedy story. And I wrote an article on methylation, which is essentially what happens, the chemical reactions depend on B vitamins, B6, B12, and folate. And, and she read the article and she went to her doctor and said, can you please check for this gene? I think I might have it. And she did, and she had it. And, and then his, he said, well, you just need folic acid. He said, like, no, no, Dr. Hyman in an article said I need methylfolate. So she, she got on the right form, formulation and ended up actually completely uh, being fine and ended up with this beautiful baby. And when we were on tour of the movie doing media, she was breastfeeding in the back of the taxi with me with her beautiful baby that she had as a result simply of getting the right vitamins and nutrients. So Really important to optimize your health for for nutrition, for the right nutrients, for reducing toxins, optimizing your microbiome. And getting that uh, blood and, panel, and the, right? It sounds like like to know which genes you have, like getting a really full blood yeah. panel with a functional medicine doctor. Because is there also certain Absolutely. vitamins that if they're low, like for example, I had really low vitamin A and really low magnesium. But what was so fascinating to me is watching you go through my um, – set like my blood and my all of my samples and being able to also say oh the reason your vitamin a is low is actually you have a certain gene that means you don't process it a certain way and so it's like these these connections that are made in functional medicine that i have never experienced in any other type of medicine where it's not just the yeah. symptoms but it's also like following that line all the way to the root so it sounds like you know for this woman she went and she got the correct paneling done so she could see what it was that was unique to her is the yeah. vitamin that you're talking about is that in the homeocysteine supreme the vitamins that i take for b12 yes yeah. so homo <laughs> so you have this methylation problem so we use not just any regular vitamins so often there's this is a sort of a deeper conversation but you know mm -hmm. one third of all of our genes code for enzymes and enzymes are 
are variable depending on your genetics. And so yeah. some people have enzymes that, you know, require you to take high doses of a certain nutrient to make it work. Other ones need a specific form of a nutrient. Otherwise, for example, this MTHFR gene this woman had makes it hard for her to methylate the folate, which is the active form of folate. Methylate means just it's got to add a carbon and three hydrogens to the folate to make it work. Right. Well, she couldn't do that. So she's so taking she the folic, folic acid. acid, yes, and it's not working. And it wouldn't work. And mm. that's what's in most prenatal vitamins. But no, no, you need methylfolate. To act, and that's a better one to take for most people because it bypasses that step, which you know can affect up to 35% of the population. Mm. So uh, you need to do the right one. So in, in, in those homocysteine supreme, there's methylated folate, B6, uh, B12, and other homophoglycine um, and other compounds that are methylation support compounds. And it helps to make this pathway work. Mm, yeah. I mean, I notice, and I, what I was hearing you talk a lot about is really just moving into whole foods, like step one, eat more vegetables mm -hmm. if you can reduce the toxins. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm sure everyone listening notices when you just eat a whole bunch of vegetables, you feel really good. You're going to be going to the bathroom in a whole different way. Like your mood. It's true. Can we it's talk true. a little bit about that? The connection between mood and, you know, anxiety, depression, all of these things, because I've recently was reading about the endocrine system and its connection to the HPA axis, which like how how connected essentially our hormones are to, I mean, it is our mood, right? It's like the whole thing that regulates our mood, but also our gut has an impact on yes. how we're able to. So can you speak a little bit to that? Yes, because, you know, uh, the the, you know, hormones and our gut are so, so tied in and, and often we, we just don't realize that how how much that plays a role in our overall metabolic health and everything we do affects our hormones what we think stress wow. uh you know i mean you know why why does stress make all the symptoms of menopause worse or pms worse i mean mm -hmm. so all those things are regulated by by stress and and your gut also is regulated by stress and the environment in your gut plays a huge role so often doctors don't think of looking at poop but it actually is a huge thing that i look at when i want to see what's going on with someone's hormones because yeah. of how it regulates so everything so everything is tied to everything else it's basically <laughs> your body's one interconnected system and you can't really tease it all apart mm -hmm. yeah so how does that impact um sex drive or libido do you see that in your clinic well uh, yes. I mean, there are many reasons for, for hormone related problems, including a little libido, but I, my, own, my joke is the, the largest sex organ for women is, is, is between their ears. <laughs> <laughs> Very and, true. <laughs> I thought you were going to so, say I the mean, clitoris, but I'm like that too. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought you were about to start talking this. about foreplay. I was like, yes, Mark Hyman, foreplay. <laughs> no, this, this, this. The it's mind, the, the brain. He's pointing to his head. It's your brain. It's your mm -hmm. mind. And so, but there are real physiologic changes that happen. So mm -hmm. often as women get older, their testosterone levels go down uh, and that can be treated by, you know, various kinds of therapies. Uh, actually strength training really helps build testosterone, mm -hmm. uh, balancing your diet with the right fats, getting more saturated fats can help build testosterone. And, and sometimes using testosterone as a therapy for women, I have them do clitoral drops, which can be very helpful uh, local clitoral drops for testosterone. They can be really helpful oh. for libido and, I know it works because I keep getting calls for refills. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I want to come yeah, back to then, the clitoral you know, drops. Like, you don't, don't want to like you don't want to grow a beard, right? No. So it's local. So testosterone. It's local, and then you can also do topical skin. So I sometimes use topical as well, low dose topical. I'll measure women's testosterone levels, 
Uh, but a lot, you know, a lot of times it's stress. It's, it's, you know, it's the, it's, it's the um, sort of changes in hormones that happen with age and things that can be, can be treated. And so let's talk about butter for a second. Cause I know that you were saying dairy could be a tricky one for, for women. Mm. And also though, that fat is really important for, for hormones. What's your perspective on butter? Well, you know, it's gotten a bad rap. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I, you know, I, I remember traveling to, uh, uh, China and I was in the Northwest where they had the, the, um, I think they were the Cossacks or whatever they were Mongolians, whatever they were living in these yurts and they had, you know, butter turners out in the mm. front They made, you know, butter from the yaks and yes. <laughs> the butter has been, butter has been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, and saturated fat has gotten a very bad rap. And when you look at large, large data sets, uh, and, and this is really an important framework here in the absence of starch and sugar, saturated fats really don't cause harm if you're having a bagel and butter it's bad if you're having butter on your broccoli or your steak that's fine right so so it's the combination of carbohydrate with saturated fat that causes the problem that is so delicious but naughty yeah (laughs) i mean i personally noticed when i increased saturated fat levels in my diet my testosterone went way up and, ah. and so, you know, fat, fats are really critical. And a lot of people on low-fat diets have a lot of hormonal problems, which is why we see infertility and so forth. So, so I, I, I used to, you know, live near this ashram where there, were, there was this whole kind of epidemic of loss of periods and, 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 and kind of hormonal issues with women because they were all vegetarian and they all were on no oils, no fats. And so it really kind of was a double whammy. Huh. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that whole low fat movement, low fat, high sugar movement has thus been a big contributor to, to what we're seeing oh, hormonally Com- on top of a whole bunch of other stuff? Completely. <laughs> completely. I mean, we, yeah. we, the, the, the whole, I mean, I wrote a book called eat fat, get thin, which mm. is really a book about the story of fat and how we got into this incredibly messed up situation of teaching everybody that we should be eating low fat foods to lose weight, that if you eat fat, you're going to get fat. And if you eat fat, you're going to get a heart attack. Neither of those is true. Uh, And even the dietary guidelines um, have said cholesterol is not a nutrient concern. Total fat doesn't matter in terms of heart disease risk. I mean, saturated fat, they're still debating about because when a lot of the studies show that, you know, saturated fat is a problem, but it it doesn't ferret out the fact that it's the carbohydrates and the saturated fat together. I've never right? heard that. That is such yeah. key information, folks listening. Oh, it's huge, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, how many books have you written so far? You're prolific. I think I think 18. 18. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So let's talk about cognitive function because clearly you are firing, my friend, on all cylinders. No. And I mean no, just I watching know. you you work and pull in information and, and, and put it together. So it's like – how do we keep up with Mark Hyman cognitively? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, well, Share the uh, wealth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just the basic stuff. It's sleep. It's exercise. It's eating whole foods. It's the right fats. It's taking your vitamins. I, I, one of my favorite cognitive boosters is, is hormetic therapies like cold and hot therapy, sauna mm-hmm. and cold plunge. I was mm-hmm. with our friend John in his house. I'm literally staying like next door to John. And and our, our friend and, and I went over to his house and he has a you know a, basically a tub that looks like what you would a trough you'd feed you know cows water or something fills it up been with in ice puts a little yes. water in and you get in it's like so I, I went in there and all those really helped to sort of 
you know, your, your cognitive function. I think there are cognitive enhancing nutrients. I think the B vitamins are really important, folate, B12, B6. I think uh, fish oil, very important. Your brain if it's made of fish. And, and there's just, you know, just uh, also uh, making sure you meditate, do all the base, basic things. My final question is, before we move into rapid fire, is are there any like little trends? I mean, you mentioned a few. The hot and cold is very trendy at the moment. Fats has become trendy. So these are actual trends that we should be paying attention to. Are there any trends mm, at the moment mm. that you think we should be paying attention to? Like, for example, NAD is really popular. Ozone is really popular. Are there certain trends that you really feel are actually here to stay? You mean in terms of optimizing your health or hormones? Uh, I would say general health, but also hormones, if there's any that you think that's a real winner. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a sort of this, I'm, I'm working on this new book called Young Forever. Oh, my Lord. Here he goes. <laughs> Number 19. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, and I'm, I'm really thinking about how to f- sort of frame the things that both um, help our bodies repair and heal, but also to generate more health and vitality. Uh, and it, it's really, I, I sort of break it down to abundance mimetics, things that mimic abundance that help us build and grow and make new muscle and repair tissues. And then, and then the adversity mimetics, things that, that stress us a little bit mm-hmm. and then activate these ancient healing responses to stress. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of stress is good. Too much stress will kill you. So hormesis mm-hmm. is basically what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. So hot and cold plunges are example. Mm-hmm. Time-restricted eating is an example where you don't eat for 16 hours and eat within an eight-hour window. Mm-hmm. That's a stress for your body. You're mm-hmm. starving, but actually it turns on all these ancient survival genes that make you live longer, feel better, repair things, regulate hormones. A lot of your like a lot of the reasons our hormones are dysregulated, we just eat from the minute we wake up till we go to bed. And yeah. then sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night and have night eating people <laughs> too, which is terrible. And so Guaranteed way to gain weight is eat before you go to bed and then wake up in the middle of the night and eat. You're going to just store it like the sumo mm-hmm. wrestlers. And that's what the sumo wrestlers do. They basically eat and they go to sleep. <laughs> right. So, so you want to activate these adversity mimetics and these abundance mimetics. So uh, adversity mimetics are time restricted to eating, hot and cold therapies, hypoxia. So there are machines now that will actually help you go to Mount Everest by, you know, just sitting in your living room and then bring you down It's makes your body go, Oh geez, I'm, I'm danger. Well, you know, I've been saying, you know, danger. And like, for those who don't know, Will Robinson, that's lost in space. Anyway, I'm <laughs> dating myself as a kid. When that show came out. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, your wisdom's appreciated. All these tr- <laughs> there's all these uh, really cool things, exercise, you know, mm-hmm. so interval training, strength training, these are adversity mimetics and they help make you stronger and build resilience and help mm-hmm. repair tissues. And, um, and then, and then, of course, there's there's all the abundance of medics, which are which are more rare in nature, but there's the things we're learning about, like the no? <laughs> orgasm. Yes, are they orgasms. One of them? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then, and then there's also there's also uh, uh, plant compounds that act mm-hmm. as abundance of medics, like resveratrol and quercetin and and various various polyphenols. So upgrading all the the diet to include really colorful plant compounds. And mm-hmm. then there's ones like NAD, which are people are using, which is, which stimulates sirtuins, which is a longevity switch in the body. So that activates longevity and corrects insulin resistance and helps repair DNA and has all these other beneficial effects. So I'm trying to look at how do we, how do we create this balance between this sort of build up and breakdown? It's basically the, you know, it's, it's basically breaking down your body and then building it back up and breaking Mm. down and building up. And so that, that's, that's just what you do. I mean, think about, you know, if you, if you have a house, uh, you know, you kind of have to, 
sometimes clean it up. You can't just yes. cook in the kitchen for forever and never clean it. It's going to mm-hmm. be a disaster. So there's a cleanup process that happens in the body when you stop and you know do these ad- adverse hemomatics. And then there's the buildup, which is you know when you're making a nice dinner and building new muscle and tissue and so forth. So that's what's sort of exciting to me to think about. When's the book out? Uh, February 2023. Very exciting. Along with a documentary and a PBS show and a Oh, Lord. See, see that cognitive function, you know, everyone listening, if you too want to get to a space where you can write 19 books and counting, then eat more vegetables uh, and reduce your toxins. I might okay. take a break. I might, <laughs> I, might, I, might, I, might, I might be done for a while. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Like I said, you're prolific and the world is so grateful for the contribution you've made. I said last question, but I have one more question because you were talking about polyphenols and yeah. I actually figured that when I stopped drinking coffee, although this is very sad because I love coffee so much mm, and I switched mm, to mm. matcha, I noticed yeah. my PMS yeah. basically went yeah. away. What yeah. is that? Yeah. Ca- is- ca- yeah, so caffeine seems to, and particularly coffee, seems to be a problem. Uh, and so it, it does, I mean, pregnant women shouldn't drink coffee. Women are having a lot of hormonal issues often have to get off caffeine, alcohol, sugar, those and dairy. If you think about, you know, take homes for this, if you're having hormonal stuff going on, sugar, dairy, and when I say sugar, I mean flour and sugar, because flour is just like sugar. Mm-hmm. It's actually worse than sugar. Dairy, caffeine, alcohol, they're gonna screw up your hormones. Mm-hmm. And then add in lots of broccoli family, you want to add in flax seeds, soybeans, those are really good hormonal regulators. Good fats. Plus lots of fiber. Good fats, you know, avocados, nuts and seeds, fish oil, omega three fats, even some saturated fat from grass fed butter. Mm-hmm. All of those will really help regulate hormones. And sometimes it's just easy as that. And then cut out all the toxins uh, in your life <laughs> as much as possible. As Amazing. much as possible. Yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. No. You can't get rid of them all. Yeah, but it's 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 profoundly changed my life. So for anyone listening, if you are struggling with painful periods, infertility, any hormonal issues, as Mark said, I cannot recommend enough to give this a go. Just follow the protocol. How long would you say they have to follow it for them to feel the effects? You know, Angel, it's kind of remarkable. I, you know, it can we can we can screw up our bodies, and it can take decades to screw them up. But literally in days or weeks, people can snap right out of it. Wow. I mean, I'm sure you noticed maybe after the first cycle or so, you were good. Yes, it's just, literally. It's not like it doesn't take that long. <laughs> so, so it's not like I'm saying do this for five years and your periods might get better. I'm like, just do it for it. five days and you'll see how you feel. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. Amazing. I, I actually ran into a friend of ours the other day uh, who was 65 and Regina, and she she was like, <laughs> just had I, her you know, on I'm kinda, the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of, you know, I'm getting older and my aches and pains and this isn't working and my dad's just and I'm a little tired all the energy and blah 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 she's like can I come see you and get a workup and I'm like save your money <laughs> do the 10-day detox diet and call me in the morning basically and she saw me the other night and she started hitting me I'm so mad at you and I'm like what what she's like you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. It worked, and I'm feeling so good, but I, I'm not eating this, and I want to eat my this, and I want to eat my that. I'm like a drink, and I can have a drink, and I have tequila. I'm like, whatever you want to do, do. Just know this is now how your body works. So I have yes. no judgment. People can do whatever they want to do. Like I went out last night and had pasta at this really amazing Italian restaurant, which Ooh. I rarely do, but I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. And I'm not gluten sensitive, so it's fine, but I know I don't want to eat that very often. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay. So I had a, a glass of red wine and some really yummy pasta, and you know, I'm feeling a little bit of the effects, but I'm like, okay, I'm willing to take being a little sluggish and being in a food coma just so I can enjoy it for the moment. Now, yes. how often do I do that? 
you know, rarely, like yes. maybe every six months or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 90, 98% of the time, I'm good. But it's yes. like, you know, you get to choose. But if you don't know that what you're doing is disrupting your biology, you're just a, a victim of the circumstance. But if you, once you understand, you go, okay, I know if I eat this, I'm going to feel like this. If I eat dairy, I'm going to get a pimple. If I eat this, I'm going to feel bloated. If I eat this, I'm going to get a migraine. Yep. Then you choose. It's your life. You can yeah. do what you want to do. Yes. But I just want to empower people with the information to say, look, now I know how my body works. Yes. Like if I want my car to go in forward, I have to put it in drive. If I want to go in reverse, I have to put it in reverse. We know how our cars work. Most <laughs> of us know far less about how to run our bodies than how to run our cars. And what I've started doing to that vein is just really being extra conscious the week or two before my cycle, mm -hmm. before my bleed, knowing that that's really what's going to impact me the most. And I've also noticed, you know, it's been six or seven months. There's been one or two uh, cycles where I wasn't as conscious and I, and I immediately felt the effects, PMS, the pains. And so it's like, yeah, you know, the price to ride the ride. And so for me, like timing it in my cycle has been, if I'm going to eat a pizza, I'm going to, you know, pay the piper, let's say, and, and have it for the moment and the enjoyment, which I still do. I just try to time it with my cycle and I find that's been really helpful for me. All right. Are you ready for rapid fire questions? Okay. All right. Okay. All righty. So what is the most important thing from your perspective for successful relationships? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, radical honesty and coptuitiveness. <laughs> yes. What does coptuitiveness mean? It means you cop to it. You, you oh, you cop to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Self-responsibility. Okay. I love that. Yes. You're, account you're accountable for actually your part of whatever's going on. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite thing that you own? That I own? Well, not mm. really much about material things. Um, aside from books, which... I think they're a big category. It it uh, it's probably my Ferragun. Oh, <laughs> it's like a self-massage tool. Yeah, yeah, I know what a Ferragun is. They're amazing. Uh, okay, so someone comes to you and they're feeling really down, and you can only give them one piece of advice. What do you say? I would say, um, learn the skills that you need to be able to change your state. Mm. And and there and there are multiple ways to change your state. So if you're in a shitty state, take an ice cold shower, <laughs> go for a run, do yoga, make love, uh, stand on your yes. head, whatever, whatever <laughs> you know. Like take a hot bath, take a steam, mm -hmm. take a sauna. Something that changes your physiological state will change your mental state. Mm. So I think I think that's a real hack that I've used when I'm feeling. Uh, you know, I'll do mm -hmm. something, get a massage, whatever it is, get a foot rub. Just, there are a million ways to change your state, but I think learning the skills and tools to be able to change your state anytime is really important. Yes. I love that. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? I would be an animal. What animal would be? I'd be a wolf. <laughs> yeah. If you could have a superpower, what superpower would you have? Oh gosh. Um, I have so many superpowers already. So yes, I, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think it would be teleportation because uh, I'd like to be in so many places with so many friends all the time and just getting there is a hassle. So I think I could just go to like, you know, yeah. beat me up, Scotty. I would, I would go for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, really nice one. 
So second last question, if you were ha- had to choose a second profession, like you were existing in a mm. parallel universe and you were not mm. doing the career you're in now, what mm. would you be doing? What would your profession be? Easy. I would be a, I would be a musician and, and just light people up with music and play yes. and dance and yeah, I would. Mark Hyman, the would. rock star. Yes. I see that. You know, a lot of people say that, like pretty much everyone ha- says that. That's their, their choice. There's something in that. Uh, yeah. And this is the last one. If there was a universal answering machine that you could leave a message on today that everyone mm-hmm. in the world would hear, mm-hmm. what would you say? I don't want to think about um, Yeah, take your time. It would be live in integrity with your mind, body, heart, and soul, no matter Mm. what. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Mark, for coming on for your time. I appreciate you in my life and I just appreciate your wisdom in the world. And I'm so grateful our listeners got to tap into that today. So where can they find you if our listeners want to connect with you? Oh, everywhere. And <laughs> Dr. It's Hyman. not that hard. <laughs> DrHyman.com. You get my podcast on all the platforms at Doctors Pharmacy with an F. My Instagram social media handles is Dr. Hyman, Dr. Mark Hyman. Uh, so Dr. Mark Hyman. And uh, then you should be able to find me. Join the movement. Thank you so much, brother. Of course. Thank you. That's it for today, Awakened One. And just a quick thank you from me. Thank you for gifting us with your most precious resource, your time and attention, so that we can make this world a more awakened place. And if we're not friends on Instagram yet, then we absolutely should be. So come on over and say hello at Angelica Alana. And I'll see you there and see you next week.